Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. I have a joke for you. Do you want to hear it? Of course. (laughs) So the other night I went to a banquet, one that thank goodness I was not putting on I was just attending yes um which is so nice for a change it is so nice (laughs) when you're in event planning going to an event and just getting to sit there is it's so amazing but don't you also be like god I want to help like or you see stuff that's not done or like it needs and you know what to do but you're like don't don't touch this is not my thing (laughs) um yeah anyway so at this banquet the two guest speakers were Palmineri, who was the former LSU baseball coach, and Dee Dee Bro, who mm-hmm. was the gymnastics coach at LSU yep. for many years. And Dee Dee told this joke to a room mostly full of men, and it cracked me up. So here's the joke. You may have heard it before, or some similar version. So there's these three men, and they're at the uh, edge of the Mississippi River, and they need to get across. And so the first man... Uh, he gets down on his knees and he says, God, grant me the strength to get across the river. And poof, God gives him these great big muscles and he swims across the river, but it's hard. Like it's hard for him to do it. There's all kinds of obstacles, but he gets across. So the next guy, seeing what happened to the first guy, gets down on his knees and says, God, grant me the tools to get across the river. And poof, God creates a Piro, which for those who are not from Louisiana, it's just a little like canoe, basically. Yeah. And so he gets in the Piro and he, he rows across the river, but it's difficult. There's all kinds of obstacles, but he gets there. And the third man, do you know where I'm going with this? No, I've heard, I mean, <laughs> I've heard something similar, but I don't know what the end is. The third man gets down on his knees and says, God, grant me the wisdom to get across the river. And woman. And poof, God turns him <laughs> into a woman. <laughs> Thank you for ruining that joke for everyone. Anyway, do you want to do it over? No, I don't. We're gonna keep going with it. And so, poof, God turns him into a woman, and the woman walks a little ways, gets on the bridge, and walks over the river. (laughs) Yes. But um, like I said, this was a room full of mostly men. (laughs) How did that go? Everybody was just kind of silent. It was it was pretty quiet. Did she? Did she? It, well, because she said, "Poof, God turned him into a woman," and then she just stopped. Like that was the end of the joke, because she was expecting people to laughter. laugh. And I was like, "Is that it? Is that the end of the joke?" And then she finished it off with, he, "She crosses the bridge or whatever," and then everybody laughed. But I think they just weren't expecting that, and I wasn't either. <laughs> so it was it was even funnier to me. <sighs> and then I loved how I mean. The whole her whole speech, she talked about glass ceiling and how, you know, she had it so difficult. And at one point, she she said something about the glass ceiling, and she turns to Paul and she goes, "You didn't have a glass ceiling, did you?" <laughs> I was like, "Dang, Dee Dee, go girl!" <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that's amusing. Pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just wanted to share that. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Thanks. 
Uh, sorry for ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for uh, stating the punchline before you got to it. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's no big deal. Uh, you're up first, by the way. Okay. Yeah, we're just getting into it. Let's talk about books. I made sure to check this time because we always argue about... I know. Not, we don't argue, but we go no. back and forth. Right. So this time I was like, oh, I'm going to look. <laughs> and it's you. Okay, well, I have a great book to tell you about. Um, it's called Really Good, actually, by Monica Heisey. Um, you should have... I'm sorry, but you should you should have introduced that diff- differently. You should have said, I have a good book to tell you about. It's really good, actually. You're you're right. You're right. I didn't do it. You set it up. That's much better set up. It's fine. You ruined my punchline. <laughs> I point out where you could have made a joke. It's fine. So anyways. Tell me about this. I'll book. tell you about the book. So of course this, um, not of course, but this book happens to be narrated by none other than Julia Whalen. <sighs> it's a debut. It came out in January of 23. Um, the author, like the storyline is based in Toronto. Um, I love Canada. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Um, So I've been trying to think of how to explain this book. I I will say um, it's laugh out loud funny in instances somewhat depressing in other areas. It's very relatable, um, but it's a bit exhausting because we are immersed into the main character's life and all of her feelings and all of her thoughts and everything that she does. And she is a bit of a mess. <laughs> so the things that she does and the things that she says um, to herself and vocally, publicly, <laughs> that you're like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Please don't. Um, after a while, it's, it's exhausting. And I think what's so interesting is we feel it and you can feel what her friends and the people around her are feeling like, like, gosh, we have to deal with her again. Like, is she really going to do this again? Is she really going to make it about herself again? Does she really not care? Like that sounds stressful, but at the same time, if the author is able to make you feel that way. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I think what, what was interesting is that she does have a lot of redeeming qualities. So once you're towards the middle of the book, you're thinking to yourself, I don't know that I really like her, Ooh. you know? And then I think that the way that she was written later, we realized just like all of us, we go through t- periods of our life where um, just we're just down and out and things are not going well. And maybe we do things out of character or that we wouldn't normally do or would normally say. Um, but we're trying to figure out how to get back to a place of contentment or finding little pieces of joy throughout our day. And sometimes that's hard to do depending on where you are in oh, your absolutely. life and what's going on. And probably we don't like ourselves very <clears throat> much at that point. And so it makes sense why you wouldn't really like this character. At, exactly. At times. Exactly. So the main character's name is Maggie. Um, she is 29 years old. She has been married to her husband, John, for the past two years. They dated before that. So they've been together for a long time. He's really been her only long-term relationship in her life um one day they just start talking and things just seem off with them and there wasn't like this big epiphany or 
anything that they did to one another that would cause this breakup. But she just kind of was like, are you happy? And, you know, he was like, I, I don't know that I am. And I think they'd gotten to the monotonous world of their relationship, which happens, you know, of doing the same thing over and over, not connecting at times. And it got to a point where um, they weren't connecting enough and there was bickering back and forth to where she asked him, you know, are you happy? And I think that she wasn't expecting him to mm-hmm. be so, um, to straight up just be like, yeah, I'm not happy. And she, I think, was taken aback by, aback by that. And so she was just like, well, maybe you should, maybe we shouldn't be together. And she was expecting him to fight for her. <laughs> oh, and he gosh. was like, yeah, I agree. Kind of thing. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. So, um, Anyone who has dealt with an unexpected breakup or something that they didn't see their life heading in a certain direction and they really thought that things were, not that you know what's going to happen, but you feel like your life is somewhat, has a path, um, and then that path is erased. Um, I think you have feelings of, what am I supposed to do now? Like, you know, so for Maggie, um, she's broke. And he was really paying a lot of the bills and she was um, a grad student and getting like working on her thesis and this job as a TA that she, you know, didn't really like that much. She didn't have a lot of joy from it. But I think in her mind, she was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then eventually, yeah, something will. My life will just work out. (laughs) Yeah. So he moves out. She realizes I can't afford the rent by myself. Um, what am I going to do? You know, it's just like all these things that she depended on other people her whole life and she'd never been alone before. Mm-hmm. So she kind of goes into this pretty big, depressing downward spiral. Um, but it was so interesting because everything, I don't know how to explain it unless you read it, everything, like all the, every trope that you could think of, it's like she goes through all of it. Mm-hmm. Like everything, like all the, just every storyline that someone who is trying to reinvent themselves or figure out what they need to do next or starting over, she does the gambit. <laughs> um, and I thought that was really interesting the way it was done because I can't explain all the emotions, all the feelings, all the situations that she found herself in are just situations that everybody finds themselves in at some point in life, but she did it all in the all first. All at once. All at once. So, so it was done in a way that you thought was done well and yes. you because when things are done like that I feel like sometimes it can be like really hokey and like okay this is ridiculous but sometimes it can be done in like oh my gosh that was brilliant yes and I felt the latter yeah it it just um I will say at times like I felt exhausted reading it sure and I was thinking to myself like this is giving me anxiety just reading this because she is doing everything that you can possibly do to make yourself not feel better. Oh gosh. Um, so Maggie. Yeah. So, but, but along the way she has some really good people in her life and I don't think that she appreciated them, um, for what they were previously. Mm -hmm. And it took kind of hitting rock bottom, (laughs) um, for her to realize that, you know, Everyone has stuff going on, but if you don't participate in the lives of other people and you don't care about other people because your stuff in your mind is more important to you or you just have way too much more, you know, way more going on than they have going on, which you don't have any clue, um, you miss out on the best parts of 
friendships and lives and the relationships and the events of people's life that are special. And she learns that the hard way. Yeah. Um, so it, it just, I don't know. It was a mess of a book because she was such a mess, but it was very well written. And we kind of see her trying to get her life back in order from this year of just complete chaos. And then she gets to a point where she's really good, actually. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because, you know, it's it's that same thing of when people ask you, how are you? And you're like, really good, you know, or like, yeah, I'm doing fine. And like, you're not. Yeah. But you know yeah. that they don't want to hear that. Right. It was a lot of stuff like that of just these basic things, like these basic conversations or just basic situations that we all know. But then she says what you really think. Right. And you're like, ooh. So somebody says like, oh, how are you doing? And she Word responds vomit. like, actually, I've had a terrible day. Here's why. <laughs> um, Which I often wonder, like, how would someone react if I was just straight up honest when people ask me, well, how are you? Which right. is why I loved in Spain, they don't say, hey, how are you? They just say, good morning. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or good afternoon. There's yeah. no, there's right. no like obligation. But there really to... isn't when, it's sad, but when people ask that, they don't want to know. They're just being pleasant. And there's a lot of people that don't realize that. Or you're in such a mind space that you're like, this person, let me just tell this person because this is the only person I have to talk to. And then that person is just like, whoa. You know, but, but with good friends that those conversations and that friend reaching out, that is sincere and for them asking you, but, but friendship and caring can only go so far if it's not both ways. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's what she, you know, she has to live through these situations and, figure out how to be a better person and a person that deals with things in a healthy way rather than the way that she's been dealing with them because she can't continue on in this manner. Um, One of the quotes that she says um, to one of her friends was, I feel like when you get a divorce, everyone's wondering how you ruined it all. What made you so unbearable, unbearable to be with? If your husband dies, at least people feel bad for you. And her friend says, oh, don't worry. People, people definitely feel bad for you. She was like, Okay. And I think she feels like a failure just in every aspect of her life that she's 29 years old, that, um, you know, she talks about, I couldn't make this worth this person that's supposed to love me forever, doesn't want to be with me. And, you know, we had this lavish wedding and all these things. And, you know, like, are people expecting me to give my the, them their gifts back? Or like, oh. are they embarrassed? Like, well, how long were it's they been married? two years, okay. but she's just like in her head, like, she can't stop overthinking, oversharing. She's extremely critical. Anyone who gives her a compliment, she automatically has a, you know, deprecating, like just she's terrible with the way her, her body image and who she is and how smart she is. And she tries to be quirky and witty and funny. And sometimes it comes off rude mm-hmm. and um, dismissive of other people's feelings. Uh, but she's so uncomfortable in her own skin because this is so out of the realm of like what she thought her life was going to be that she doesn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just, I will, I will say too, there's a lot of um, sexual encounters throughout the book. So just be aware of that, that they, you know, like she finds herself in really crazy <laughs> situations. Um, <laughs> uh, they do a lot of like online dating type stuff and it's, it's just so 
all of it's just so, I didn't do online dating. I've never done that. But it's just so relatable to every aspect of life, especially in your late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. of things that happen. Um, and then we hear like other people's perspectives about what they're going through mm-hmm. at that time. And it's just, um, yeah, it was just, it's a lot. And it felt like a lot. But then once we got to the other side, I felt like, <sighs> yeah, you could breathe again. Yeah. But I really liked it. Like, I really liked it. And obviously, well, Julia, Whalen, Julia Whalen narrating it. Well, that's the thing is I know that Julia Whalen is very picky about which books she narrates. So typically, I feel pretty confident that if she's narrating it, it's going to be good. I know. <laughs> Same. So, so hopefully I didn't like I didn't really tell you any of like the real storylines. I didn't want to go, but I wanted to explain the feeling that it gave. Oh, I, I feel it. Yeah, I feel you. I'm so, a little stressed out. Yes. Um, but my book was really, really stressful. Okay. It's called Drowning by T.J. Newman. Oh, God. <laughs> it sounds stressful already <laughs> just by the name. So you did TJ, Falling by T.J. Newman. Yep. Falling, Drowning. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, yeah, Falling, obviously, I really loved because I did that one on the podcast, too. And now she has a new book called Drowning which is probably even more stressful than the first one. Not for the faint of heart, for sure. I almost didn't read it because drowning freaks me out. Water freaks me out. I I just didn't know if I could handle it. But is that your biggest fear? Um, I don't know. I don't know what my biggest fear is. I'll have to think on that and get okay. back to you. Okay. But it's definitely it's definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, like the ocean mm-hmm. scares me so much. Well, it's the ocean. We is don't know. So we don't scary. really know about it. I know there's, it, so, there's so much, much we don't know about it. Right. Well, <laughs> prepare yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this book, there is a flight leaving Hawaii. And six minutes after it takes off, it crashes into the ocean. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, there are some passengers who, you know, they go through all the safety protocols. They put the slide down, you know, whatever. Because the plane's, like, floating on top of the water or whatever at first. Okay, so it wasn't like... It didn't go, like, down into the ocean. Okay. Um, Yeah, because if they only... It was six minutes, they didn't really have enough time to... Yeah, so some of the passengers got out went down the slide, put their life vests on, you know, whatever. But there was a group of passengers who get trapped inside the plane. And then the plane does end up sinking down, down, down. But a plane is pretty airtight because Uh it has to be. Right. But it's not completely airtight. Uh So the plane sinks to (laughs) the bottom Uh of the ocean mm-hmm. and <laughs> you seem so stressed out right now <laughs> this is only a fraction of how you okay. would feel if you read the book uh so the plane sinks to the bottom of the ocean and they have like a, a huge pocket of air because like i said it's pretty airtight but since it's not perfect the plane does slowly start filling up with water um on the plane are um a man named will who is an engineer, very helpful to have him down there because he knows a lot of stuff about like, okay, well, we've got 
probably about this much time left of air and all this kind of stuff, and we've got a plan for this and that and the other. But also with him is his daughter, Shannon. I know. And some other people. There's some other people. Okay. Um, How old is Shannon? I think 11. Mm. And um, not on the plane with them is Will's almost ex-wife, Chris. Shannon's um, mother. Shannon's mom. Ugh, poor Shannon's mom, too. But guess what? Shannon's mom is a professional diver and underwater welder. What? What? Okay. So. Okay. All right. Okay. Chris, I mean, um, Will and Shannon are at the bottom of the ocean. The plane, I mean, just happens to be teetering on a cliff. <laughs> so. Wait. Like a cliff at, at the bottom of the ocean. So there's like, you know, the ocean floor, uh-huh. but then like it goes even further down. And they're like on a cliff, like half on, half off, oh where if God. something goes wrong, this plane could go even further down. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So they're down there trying seesawing. to survive, <laughs> seesawing on this cliff. Okay. And Chris is up, you know, in open air, uh, trying to figure out how to get them out. I'm stressed. <laughs> it was so. Th- I, this is the most stressful book I think I've ever read in my life. Oh yikes! Okay, I I was so panicky, and it kept me up until midnight because I had to finish it. I mean, you have to know, right? Like, sure, I had to know yeah. how it ended. Yeah, and how how it all resolved. It was so freaking good, though. Oh my god! <sighs> I know. Breath. I know. It's okay. Take a deep breath. This didn't really happen to us. Oh man. I, that is, like I said, I didn't know if I could handle it. I almost didn't read it, but I was like, you know what? Falling was so good. I just have to try it. And I did. And I am, I'm glad that I read it because it was really, really good. But it was so stressful. (laughs) Sounds really stressful. But if you need something super, super page turnery, I mean, this is it. Okay. This is the book for you. Okay. And good luck. (laughs) Good luck to everyone who reads it. That is all. I genuinely cannot wait to see what she comes up with next. Was Falling a debut? It was. Okay. Falling is being, I I read um, whenever I was on Goodreads for this book, I read that Falling is being turned into a major major motion picture. Very cool. It's going to be so stressful. (laughs) I never read it because your description of it was just like, I don't know if I have have it in me to be that stressed out and this if you're saying this is even worse I don't know I don't know if I can do it I, I completely I, understand I'm, I'm gonna wait I think I have to be in the right headspace for that type of stress and I don't, <laughs> you may never be there. I don't know if I might uh, yeah I might never I might never be there I like to I'm a bit of a masochist at times I like to I don't know I like to read books that make me feel things deeply mm-hmm even if it's sure, not understand. a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. And, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be there. Maybe things will be stressful for me enough that I'll be like, I need to read something that is way more stressful than what I'm going through to put it into perspective for me that it's not that bad. This will do it. <laughs> <laughs> this will put anything into perspective for you. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get that this book probably has a limited audience, but yeah. but at the same time, clearly tons of people are reading it if it's being turned into a, a major movie. For sure. Picture. No, for sure. So I, yeah, you know, that's awesome. 
I don't know. Congrats to her. It's very impressive. And oh, the other thing is I found out she's a former flight attendant. Oh. So it's like, okay, okay. she knows oh, how man. this stuff works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So we're at Jamie's office recording and um, we, when I worked here, I traveled, you know, quite a bit and there would be conferences out of state. And I was on a plane with David one time and, um, we're, there was some turbulence and I, I'm not a great, like, I don't love to fly. I don't do it like all the time, you know? Um, and this was, I don't know, at least seven years ago. And I remember just like, I mean, I was just <laughs> holding on pretty tightly White without trying to like grab him, you know, <laughs> cause like he's our boss. I'm like, I'm not going to like act like a crazy person. Um, and I remember one thing that he told me that I always remember when I get on a plane. And he said, um, I don't get nervous. Well, how did he say? He's like, I don't worry about it. Uh, um, I look at the flight attendant. Yeah. And, and if, if the, the flight, flight attendant calm. is calm, <laughs> then I know we're okay. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's good advice and so when I have been in those situations before I always tried to look at staff or yes. like anyone around me to see if they look stressed or worried or if they're you know calm and collected and then I can take some deep breaths I mean now I haven't now I'm even less travel um, right. and when I do usually Michael's with me or I'm with a family member and I'll just like grab their hand and just kind of breathe through it if it's not great yeah. turbulence um and I also I don't like um I'm better with landing than I don't like the uh, takeoff. The takeoff. Hmm. Just especially if the if the pilot is a little wobbly going up, you know, like some of them, I feel like there's it's a smooth yeah acceleration. But I've been on planes where it's and I feel uh, you feel off balance. I feel off balance, and I'm not good with mo motion sickness, so I usually take something like mm -hmm. just like a non drowsy Dramamine or something like nothing major. I that's don't have why, to take major stuff, but that's why I like window seats is because <coughs> I need to be able to see. Oh, like I feel like the plane's turning. Is it turning? And then I look out. And I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. And then I can kind of like reorient myself. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I get yeah. it. So I don't mind flying. Um, Definitely do not read falling or drowning <laughs> while on a plane or anytime <laughs> close to when to you'll be, be flying. Going on a trip, yeah. Just a little word of advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, tea? Yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling energetic? I felt more energetic than I did when we started, so that's good. Well, that's because you are drinking a high-calf tea by the Republic of Tea with an extra boost of caffeine. This one is cinnamon toast flavored and it's a tiny little tin. So there's not much for me to tell you, but I can tell you the ingredients. Um, black tea, cinnamon, green tea extract, stevia extract, natural apple and caramel flavors, toasted rice and natural bitter almond and cinnamon flavors. I taste all of those flavors, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, I think it's a really good representation of cinnamon it does toast. pretty much taste like cinnamon toast. Mm -hmm. It really does. Um, I think it's good. It's not like my favorite dessert tea ever, but I think that it's done really well in the notes. I mean, like you taste everything that it says, uh, which is always nice. Like when you, uh, you know, I hate like reading something. I'm like, what? 
I, I don't, don't taste, taste any of that. Yeah, that doesn't taste anything <clears throat> like this. This has everything. Like yeah. I taste the apple, I taste the caramel, um, I taste this obviously the cinnamon, mm -hmm. but it's not extreme cinnamon. C no, it it's is. not like it's cinnamon there. like chai cinnamon. No. It's like cinnamon toast. Yeah, cinnamon. it tastes exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's good. Um, and I do feel slightly feels, more energized, so which I needed because I was kind of a typical. Dragging cup of black tea has about 50 milligrams of caffeine a typical cup of coffee has about 100 milligrams of caffeine and this cinnamon toast black tea has 116 milligrams of caffeine yeah um this is the tea that i once drank and then went to red stick reads and acted a little nutty because <laughs> i was so hyped up on caffeine are you very sensitive to caffeine? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I think that this is one of those teas that if you added a little cream to it, it'd be better. It would. It would be good. Because it kind of, it has that just like cinnamon toast crunch and milk. Like it has that flavor profile that like a little bit of that creaminess would, I think, enhance all the flavors. I think that sounds like a good idea. And I will do that next time <laughs> I drink this tea. Well, I am now prepared to go finish doing all of my work and just get all the things done. And then I probably won't sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be really exhausted in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a plan. And the cycle continues. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do with all of your energy? I actually have more work to do as well. Oh, so, yeah. Boo. Okay. Well, let's go do our work then, I guess. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers! Cheers.